Welcome to More of That Presents Discographology, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake, and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Welcome to Discographology, the show where we are devoted to the art of moving butts. Today we are beginning <laughs> yeah. our series on A Tribe Called Quest, as that just kind of noted, uh, by looking at their first album, 1990's People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. Before we go through the history of this album, let's talk about what everyone's relationship is and to the album and how you listen to it this time. I will start us off by saying I almost included... In my little history, this tidbit, but I did not, it didn't fit. But my history with this band um, or group really came uh, pretty late. I didn't start listening to them until their 2016 reunion album, which was their final album. By that point, Fife Dog uh, was no longer with us. And I kind of found them through their Saturday Night Live performance. I don't know if anyone else has seen that, but they performed on the first Saturday Night Live after Donald Trump's election. Uh, With Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle hosted. I think the reason they were the musical guest was Dave Chappelle personally chose them uh, as the musical guest. I watched that And that that performance, um, I have to say, is really the thing that took me out of the post-Trump funk at that point um, and, and sort of endeared this group to me at that point because uh, there's just something about the performance um, where Tip comes out and Q-Tip, the leader, comes out and, and says, you know, to have every... I, I can't even explain it. Just go watch it. Just go watch them perform <laughs> We the People. Um, if, if you remember that time, as I'm sure all of us do... <laughs> post-2016 election. Uh, It's kind of a dark time, and it was a performance that just really, I feel like, uh, spoke to me and uh, made me feel a little better. Um, And so from there, I I, I investigated other Tribe Called Quest albums and such, and yeah, I've been listening to them ever since then. Um, But that is sort of my history. This time I listened to this album on mostly on Spotify, um, but also I have it ripped to iTunes, so a little bit on iTunes as well. Matt, how did you uh, listen to it, and uh, what do you? What's your relationship to a tribe called Quest? Had, had heard of a tribe called Quest. Um, I'm sure that I had heard "Can I Kick It" uh, before. Had not heard this album in its entirety before, so um, you know this was my first time through it. Uh, enjoyed it uh, as I do most. Uh, as I do for most of the records that we cover on the show, um, I put it on my headphones and uh, listen through it either uh, doing repair work or uh, just, you know, bopping around the kitchen. So mainly through headphones and uh, several times over. I really liked it. So, Spoiler. Blake, what about you? <laughs> I think this would uh, be a cool one to have on vinyl, uh, but I don't have it. You do have it, don't you, Josh? I don't. I've looked into it a few times, which is how I know the track listing is, uh, is slightly different. Yeah. At least on the so original I, pressings. I think reissues, it's it's fixed. I would like to listen to it that way, but uh, alas, I listened to it on Apple Music through earbuds um, and uh, also the, the studio monitors in the lab and uh, 
uh, in the car a little bit. And are we saying what our relationship is also? Yeah. Do, have you heard a tribe before uh, this or? So other than friends of mine being into them, um, for a really long time, uh, I have zero, um, background with a tribe called quest other than, well, no, I, I have no background with him, but I recently discovered that the, the first time I ever heard Fife Dog, I was about 10 or 11 or 12, hmm. and um, I was all about uh, the TLC album Crazy Sexy Cool, <laughs> which um, the intro to that album is rapped by Fife Dog, believe it or not. I, I had not no idea that. who he was. But that uh, I actually have a clip that uh, maybe later there might be a good place to insert okay. it if, if if you'd entertain me. But um, uh, yeah, I didn't know who it was then. But uh, that album also has uh, Andre Three Thousand on it, which uh, I, was my first that, time. That ever makes more sense because TLC's from Atlanta, which is where Outkast yeah. is from. So that right. Makes sense. I don't know how they got uh, Five Dog in, in involved in this, but it's a it's a pretty cool intro. Nice. So that's it. So I listened on earbuds, mainly through YouTube music. Um, I think that the first time that I'd ever heard of A Tribe Called Quest was probably from Dave Chappelle on the Dave Chappelle show. Were they? I think they were probably a guest at some point on that show. Or at least Q-Tip was. Or, I don't, yeah, I don't know I, if, yeah, I think that's, my memory's not great on it, but I, I think that's the first time that I had heard of them, and I was impressed with that. And then at some point, I randomly downloaded, is it Midnight Marauders? Mm-hmm. The third and, album. Uh, I had listened to that, and that's all. That was really my only familiarity with them. Nice. Well, we will eventually get to Midnight Marauders, but we're going to talk today about people's instinctive travels in the past of the rhythm, and we're going to start off with a history of that album. What's the funniest rap video of the year so far? It's got to be a new clip called I Left My Wallet in El Segundo, shot in the Nevada desert by a New York group that goes by the name A Tribe Called Quest. We think you should get to know these guys better, so here they are. I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad from A Tribe Called Quest, and I'm the sound provider of the group. I'm Joby, seldom seen and never heard. Hi, I'm Q-Tip. I'm an Aries. I'm a sick puppy. I'm five, and I rhyme along with him. A Tribe Called Quest was formed in Jamaica, Queens, New York in 1986 by Jonathan Davis, also known as Q-Tip, The Abstract, Kamal Farid, Malik Isaac Taylor, a.k.a. Fife Dog, a.k.a. The Five Footer, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, The Sound Provider, and Mystic Man, Jerobi White. Q-Tip grew up in a musical household, hearing jazz, blues, and gospel from his father, as well as rock bands like Pink Floyd on the radio. Later on, he would be exposed to hip-hop when his older sister started dating a member of rap founding father Africa Bambata's Zulu Nation. The young Tip would accompany his sister to block parties and witness the infancy of the genre he would come to influence. Q-Tip and Fife met in elementary school. They bonded over their common background, both being children of Caribbean immigrants living on Linden Boulevard in Queens. They also bonded over a love of hip-hop. Fife would encourage Tip to start writing his own rhymes instead of just copying other rappers. When Queens natives run DMC burst onto the scene in 1983, the template was set for Tip and Fife. Two MCs rapping in tandem with a DJ backing them up. 
They just needed to find their Jam Master Jay, a DJ for the pair. In their quest for this sound provider, they would also find a fourth member. Back in the days on the boulevard I landed, we used to kick routines and the presence was fitting. It was I, the abstract, and me the five-footer. I kicked the mad style, so step off the Frankfurter. This fourth member, Jerobi White, would meet Fife at the age of 12. Although disliking each other at first, the two became friends after Fife learned that Jerobi was a basketball fan and could beatbox, thus helping him in ciphers in the park. While Fife and Jerobi battled other would-be MCs on the basketball court, Tip was beginning to enter a different world from his old friend. Tip had been accepted to the Murray Bertram High School for Business Careers in Manhattan. At the school, Tip would major in computer science. However, the biggest influence the school would have on him lie with the other members of the student body. Because also at this school were members of the rap group known as the Jungle Brothers, as well as a young wannabe DJ named Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Muhammad and Tip became friends and began working in Muhammad's bedroom, making pause tapes, literally playing a record for a couple of bars while recording on a tape, then pausing the tape, backing it up, and doing it again and again until you had a full track. It was in their bedrooms while in high school that they would write the first Tribe songs, including Benita Applebaum. Tip would return home from his high school at night and tell Fife about his new classmates and the musical adventures he was undertaking with Shahid. Tip started boasting he was part of a group at first called The Crush Connection and then eventually Quest. Quest was technically just Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed Muhammad at this point, but Fife was also brought into the fold as a third member, as was Fife's friend Jerobi White. Tip started guesting on recordings done by his classmates, the Jungle Brothers. It was on one of these Jungle Brothers records that the group would get its final name. While rapping on the song Black is Black, he was told the importance of stating his crew and name up front whenever he guested by Jungle Brothers member Africa Baby Bam. When Tip began his verse with, I'm from a group called Quest, Africa stopped him and told him to instead say, I'm from a tribe called Quest. Now I'm from a tribe called Quest. I'm here tonight with the Jungle Brothers, and we're about to get in this thing called Black is Black is Black is Black Hair. Black is Black is Black is Black. Thanks to the uncle of Jungle Brothers member Mike G being radio DJ Red Alert, Black is Black was played on the radio, and the teenage tip got his first taste of musical success. The newly coined A Tribe Called Quest started practicing and rehearsing in Manhattan every Saturday for a couple of hours. They put together a four-track demo and shopped it around to immediate rejection by most of the labels. Instead, the first to break from their scene would be the Jungle Brothers, who in 1987 signed to Warlock Records and released their album Straight Out the Jungle. The 18-year-old Q-Tip was featured on a few of the tracks, and he would perform with the group at some concerts. This experience further cemented that computer science was not the career for him despite his degree. He was made for the hip-hop world. He dropped out of his brief stint in college and committed even more to his music. It was during that time that they met another influential hip-hop outfit, Long Island's De La Soul. Tribe found that De La Soul fit comfortably into the world they and the Jungle Brothers inhabited, and the three groups began sharing stages and philosophies. They would call their new collective Native Tongues, and their philosophy was one of Afrocentrism, rapping about everyday matters for African Americans as well as their proud African heritage. And that was the first lead. We speak in our own language, so it's like, you know, speaking in tongues, you know, just coming and he's bouncing back and forth. I was like, yo, we should call ourselves a native tongue. He's like, 
word, it sounds ill. What is that? What does that mean? So I explained to him, it's like language that's spoken by people that's indigenous to that land. Yo, Af, yo, tell, tell Pops what we were just talking about. I'm like, what? And they tell him, like, yo, man, you know, you know, whenever we do a joint, you know, together, instead of have to put all our names on it, you know, we think about calling each other, like, let's call each other native tongues, you know? We, you know, we all speak the same tongue, the same language, and I was like, that is that simple. I don't think we write to just, like, sort of, like, preach to people too much. It's a satire, you know, um, we try not to bog people down and make them feel stressed about a certain subject. We believe our listeners to be a little bit more intelligent, so we do a little bit more subliminal. You know, we do it in our dress, and like certain things that we say, and even the music, you know, has the Afrocentric feel. So it's not like we just thrust it at people. It's there for people to decipher, you know? My students going to libraries now and buying African books and all that to learn about where they came from, you know, yeah. all over, students all over, really? big debates about it now. And also kids in college you know, are starting colleges, to take African yeah. courses now also, I'm yeah. starting to see that. More, the more courses are being put into schools, you know. There have been protests in certain schools in America because they don't have African culture classes and those really? protests, due to those protests, those classes have been added to the curriculum, you know. so. There's a strong movement going on over in the United States, you know. And I feel it's good. A lot of people say, well, that Afrocentricity, maybe it's just, you know, saying for the black people, whatever. But all it's simply stating is that know where you came from. You know, we all came from Africa, you know. We know our heritage just like a Jew would know where their, person, their, their people came from. Just like an Italian can say, I came from Italy. Just like a German can say, I came from Germany. So on and so forth. So all we're saying is, hey, we didn't just pop up. We weren't just brought over from some place on a boat, like shackled in chains and all that. We, were came, we came straight from Africa. You know, we have a homeland just like others do, you know. So that's what the, the Afrocentricity is all about. The three groups started to mix and hang out more and more. Five says that when one group was recording at Calliope Studios, the others might roll by and we'd be there all night eating Chinese food and working. Tip would hang out with De La Soul where they recorded their seminal 1989 album, Three Feet High and Rising, and featured on some of the songs, including Buddy. Hey girl, I heard you're looking for some good times. If we quest from the soul, guess what we'll find? A whole lot of fun. Lots of fun together, just like kissing cousins. Yeah, that's kind of clever. Close like bosoms. Bob Power, the engineer at Calliope Studios that would record people's instinctive travels, said that most recording engineers were not willing to record rap artists. He says, quote, When the culture's creators showed up at most studios, rough-talking black teenagers rocking Scully's, Carhartt's, Tim's, and lugging crates of vinyl, their rhyme notebooks, 40s, pagers, and blunts, the white male boys club of the engineering establishment saw them and said, I don't understand how these people are dressed. I don't understand how they talk. And that's not music. I think to some degree, there may have been an unconscious factor of racism involved. Due to the success of Jungle Brothers and De La Soul, a bidding war broke out over Q-Tip and A Tribe Called Quest, with them ultimately signing to Jive for an unprecedented $350,000 advance. The group began work on their debut. Tip would show up at the studio with bags of tapes he and Shahid had made at home. Any live instruments necessary would be played by Shahid, but the bulk of the recording was done by Q-Tip in the studio for hours at a time with the other guys providing the occasional feedback. 
Tip recalled in a later interview that this era of recording was a utopia for him, as there were no distractions and he could just focus on the music. No TVs in the studio, no cell phones, only instruments and speakers. Largely absent during these recording sessions was Fife Dog. According to one source, Fife was not even on the record contract for the first album, which is debatable. Another source says that Fife thought the group was really just Q-Tip and Shahid with himself and Jerobi as hype men. Regardless, Fife was 19 at the time and was much more interested in teenage pursuits than spending all day in a recording studio, and thus doesn't show up much on the record compared to later Tribe albums. After three months, the album was finished and was released to the world on April 10th of 1990. The number one rap song that month was gangster rap song Murder Rap by Above the Law. Instead of being built around James Brown samples, that was pretty common in rap at the time, the album was built mostly around old jazz samples like Mingus or Charlie Parker. As for lyrical content, Tribe were not rapping about how well they knew the streets as much as celebrating themselves and their neighborhood. Ali Shaheed says the album is about kids in the 70s in New York City. I think Ali Shaheed might find a kindred spirit in prior discography subject Andrew W.K. when he says that the album is about, quote, celebrating you, whoever you are, just kicking it, enjoying life, not being a puppet, not having a pose, not pretending to be tough when you're not. Just exist. Be comfortable in your skin. A Tribe Called Quest, their debut album called People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm will be out any moment now. It's well worth hearing. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and check it out with track one, Push It Along. We all know the colors. We all must stand. As we start our travels, things they will unravel. Que sera, sera for this unit is like gravel. Won't be gone for long. Listen to the song. If you can't pull it, all you gotta do is push it along, push it along. I feel like this song perfectly sets the tone for this album. It's got a smooth sample of Grover Washington Jr.'s Lauren's Dance from 1979, a saxophone interlude, and I love Q-Tip's introductory line with Q-Tip is my title. I don't think that it's vital for me to be your idol, but dig this recital, which is also kind of a run DMC reference. Um, it also has Fife Dog rapping on it, which is an exception on this album, but mm-hmm. is always nice to hear. Um, as I mentioned in the introduction there, he doesn't show up a lot. Um, the song kind of serves to present a thesis for the group of sorts about just sort of taking things as they happen, being pretty zen about matters. You know, if you can't pull it, just push it along. Um, but that was my thoughts. Uh, what do you think, Blake? Well, so this this song was my introduction to Tribe Called Quest <laughs> as a whole, and uh, I I noticed uh, there's a lot going on here. Seven and a half minute song, something like that, mm-hmm. because it contains a lot of pieces. So it starts. It, I thought it was striking how the album starts with weird sci-fi sound effects and a baby crying. <laughs> yeah, suppo- uh, supposedly that symbolizes Tribe's birth, is what I've read. Wow. <laughs> I was wondering okay. if that was supposed to be a a birth. I, I don't know uh, if that's right, but that's that's the theory well, apparently. No, nothing on the album sounds like that. The album's very smooth, laid back, and uh, and it, just not like that. Anyway, so hey, the, there's the song birth itself. Is then we got <laughs> the. After the song included in this track is is you know, the introduction to to the members of the tribe, and then a little in, introduction to the next track. A um, lot a lot of moving parts uh, right out the gate. I, lo- I love the breakbeats, love the samples, the whole vibe of the thing. 
Um, I like that uh, Fife in, in his short appearance references ham and eggs, yeah. which <laughs> we're going to get to later. But I, I love a reference to, you don't know what this is yet, but uh, <laughs> toward the end of the album, we're going to be talking about ham and eggs. <laughs> but um, your kids are going to love sound it. sounds so damn young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, he sound, and he's less less than 20 years old here, right? Mm-hmm. They were all pretty young, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was striking to me how young he sounds and also how it was the strongest Queen's accent I've ever heard in rap. <laughs> no, no joke. Um, it really, really jumps out at you as, as well as his his simplified rap rhythm, which uh, he uses a lot. It's just kind of like da-da-da-da-da, 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 da-da-da-da-da. That's, that's mainly the, gi- the gist of it. And that's, it's a product of the time, but he, he, he really makes it his own too um i dig it nice it's funny that you mentioned that that cadence blake because that that Mm -hmm. is something that i i definitely picked up on as well you know uh q-tip has a very it's distinctive to him but it's also of that era um you know josh you, you had that clip of uh de la soul you know it's still in that kind of late 80s era where where that was very prevalent in my experience, or at least, you know, what, what I've heard of hip hop of the, of that era, but it, it, it feels like it's kind of on the cusp of that, you know, that, that very, very strict cadence kind of evolving into a, a more, you know, flexible and, and, and laid back form. Um, you know, I, I think you're exactly right, Josh, this is definitely a, a great thesis, uh, statement for, for the whole record. Uh, the thing that, you know, it's in the name of the group. It's, you know, it's a tribe called Quest. And so many of these songs are about journeys and mm. destinations and, and you know. Travels. The, travels, exactly. Mm. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed the, um, the uh, if you can't pull it, push it along uh, kind of dichotomy that uh, that they set up here. Um, I love the Fife uh, verse. I wish we had more Fife on the record. Mm-hmm. I also love a great uh, listen. You know, this is everybody who's in the group. This is the most laid back, and I think we're going to keep coming to how smooth and laid back this record is. But th- th- this is the most mellow. You know, give give everybody room to breathe. Um, introduction uh, track section that I, I think I've I've heard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a really cool reverse reverb delay thing on the. Uh, uh, I believe it's. Um Jerobi's yeah yeah voice that's Jerobi saying all of everyone's names introducing yeah, yeah. there's this it is, it's not just dry there's this reverse delay thing on it that, that's really cool really sticks out um I definitely think it's a interesting cool intro my note was what is this Mudvayne LD fifty I <laughs> I dig this song uh, uh even if you don't like it uh, you can re- recommend it to someone else you know push it along i i like q-tip right off the bat lyrics have a great flow and i i love the jazzy kind of feel um that i'm getting from the song i get the chorus stuck in my head pretty easily q-tip seems <laughs> very poetic and wise not necessarily braggadocious i l- love the boom the bit the boom bit uh, yeah, I had that in my notes as well. <laughs> I thought the outro of it was a little long, but I I love the purpose that it serves, and you know, totally get it. But uh, yeah, cool track. 
Nice. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Luck of Lucian. Figure it out. Compute, understand. No problemo. I'll help you with your demo. If you go to the store for me. Lucian, I'm just kidding. You should know. All right. Well, the smoothness continues with this song based around the 1974 Billy Brooks song, 40 Days. Uh, This is a story song. It tells the story of Q-Tip giving advice to a French rapper who was a real person named Lucien Revolution, a.k.a. Papa (laughs) Lou, who is on this track as well. He's... He does his own voice of, of himself. Uh, Lucien was a well-known rapper in France who became a friend of the Native Tongues guys and would later show up on a De La Soul song called C'est La Vie. And the song is basically just Tip explaining to Lucien how to avoid getting scammed, how to meet women in America. And there's sort of a hook with him repeatedly saying, Lucien, you should know. But that's about it, really. Um, I like this one. Uh, the the beats on this album continue to be great. I think one of the, the biggest standouts on this album is just the the choice of samples and beats. Um, and there's also a charm to hearing Tip try to explain to an immigrant Lucian how to function in his neighborhood. Um, and I also like that I think Tip kind of changes up his style of rapping here. He seems like he's going a little faster than he was on the first track, but we'll talk more about him changing his style a little later. Um, but that's my thoughts. Uh, I, I do want to say Fife watch, no Fife, no Fife on this one, but <laughs> yeah, Matt, what do you, what do you feel about luck of Lucian? I, I think it's a great track. Uh, you mentioned the beat, uh, so smooth. Um, I, I like how they kind of, they'll drop all the instrumentation out and just have that drum beat, uh, for, for a few bars in some mm. of the verses. I think that re- works really well. Uh, this record makes me hungry. There's lots of food. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, they're asking about escargot. Uh, they've got, um, ham and eggs. Uh, yeah. Ha- ham and eggs. Um, uh, you know, he's talking about, uh, crackheads with, with VCRs, you know, it, it's, it's a, a definitely a slice of life, kind of song you know with with a um with an eye to someone coming from the outside uh who hasn't seen it here we go uh it's the creme de la creme and you can vouch for that uh, it'll take a minute rice so take my advice uh you know just re- really great wordplay and um it, it's it's right on time as well you know you get in you get out uh it, it's it's a great track uh it reminds me of late 60s or 70s, like kind of TV soundtracks, like we're going to watch some yes. 70s cop show. And I almost want to say it almost gives me like a exotica kind of feel or like, oh, I don't want to get, you know, in trouble, uh, you know, a West Coast kind of feel just very like, yeah, we're just going to drive around this sunny California town. And uh, there's something mysterious about crime. that horn sample. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know nothing about Lucian Revolution, but maybe <laughs> maybe that'll lead me down in Africa, Bombada rabbit hole, and will give me more perspective on him. I don't have a horse in the race, but I enjoy the track and the loops. Uh, nice mm-hmm. flow and amusingly interesting lyrics. I do know that he's sexy and he's French. <laughs> he thinks <laughs> he's sexy. He, he asserts that he is. We, we don't know for sure. Uh, yeah. A note on the samples. Did did you say what the what the main loop sample I is? I think it's the Billy the Brooks horn? song Forty Days from nineteen seventy four. I think that's oh. it, but I could be wrong about that. Forty days okay. windows well, of the it, mind. Yeah. 
Are you, um, it, it's a cool. The very first it thing makes is for the a French cool national anthem. The very first yeah. That's thing. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, they they play a little fanfare of the French national anthem before they go into the song, which is uh, it sets you up for how kind of goofy this track is. It, it's mm-hmm. it's like riffing on French stereotypes for almost five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I enjoy the beat more than than the song itself. Um, but it's all right. Uh, I I like lines like. Um, this is a song that is long and prolific. <laughs> like that's that's a that's a great humble brag, and and they are right. It's it's four minutes forty two seconds. It is somewhat long. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I just didn't feel that length. I I was grooving. Yeah, just I mean you can just vibe on on, on everything here. So I uh, I, I think that's yeah. I think Tips rapping style and their choice of samples. This is a good like you can put it on in the background at least so far, and it's very just yeah. like. I don't know, it flows over you. <laughs> There's not really uh, yeah. anything jarring so far, you know? Yeah. And there are a lot of long ones, um, yeah. but 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 they do just flow. Uh, but that's, that's all I got on Lucian. All right. Well, let's, One more uh, line I had oh, down was uh, uh, the, the case of, it's a case of positioning the feet in the shoes. And I just, I, I love lines that kind of take kind of phrasings that, that, that are really common or idioms and switch them around to a new presentation. I, I, I just mm. always love it when, when MCs do that. Do they have nice. some kind of foot fetish? You know, they got to have footprints and <laughs> kick it around. And yeah. Well, 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 I think it's, if, you know, if walk only a mile in the next track. You know, I, referencing walk a mile in someone's shoes or, you know, how, how does it feel to be in someone else's shoes? But, you know, positioning the feet in the shoes is, is just a great, you know, uh, great delivery. We we will get to uh, Q-Tip's sexual preferences a little later. Um, that, that definitely comes up. <laughs> oh, my. Um, but let's talk about track three, After Hours. You got to. Me, oh, my, hey, 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 hey. The human I was here to stay. That's how it seems as fights me witness. Bug out all night, axe fight for swiftness. Girls, you steam on this conversation. I have my two cents for a revelation. And my watch continually TikToks. So by this point, you have a pretty good feel for the the laid back nature of this album, as we've already talked about. Um, the, the main sample here is Sly and the Family Stones, nineteen seventy nine. Remember who you are. Uh, the repeated line, which it you, may be hard to decipher, but it's saying after hours it was cool, and it's Richard. Oh, I got that. Richard Pryor saying it from a comedy album. Yeah, hmm. um, which I I think the inclusion of that Richard Pryor sample kind of shows you that Tip was searching for samples all over over his vinyl collection like it wasn't just you know this Ah. or that he was digging into the comedy albums as well um overall the the theme of this song is about staying out all night um it includes an interlude of frog noises i think to symbolize they're up late (laughs) why was that not on lucian frogs french (laughs) there's just random frog noises at one point um i I think like i said to symbolize being out late uh, my only issue with this song is when at the very end they bring back in Jerobi's kind of giving introductions to everything and it feels jarring in this because they play it so quickly that it just doesn't sound very natural. Like on the first track, his rap kind of comes in, I feel like naturally, like him kind of leading the room in this, you know, introducing everybody here. It just sort of, he just suddenly cuts in and talks about footprints <laughs> and then it's like next track. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I found that a little jarring. Um, but yeah, those are my those are my thoughts. Oh, Fife Watch. Uh, no Fife, but there is a shout out to Fife from Q-Tip here, but he does not show up on this track. Logan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I like this track. It it reminds me of. I don't know if I'm interpreting this in a weird way. Sorry if I am, but it it reminds me of good times of being like a young guy starting out in the mm-hmm. world, just hanging with different people and exchanging ideas and viewpoints, bonding over jokes, mutual likes and alcohol, creating mm-hmm. music with others when you're still getting your bearings on the world. I'm sure that's probably not what they're going for with this, but the lyrics and the idea of getting into things with your tribe of friends is relatable. And I love how these Jeeps keep like getting brought up. Uh, just makes me laugh. <laughs> Driving a Jeep myself, so does he uh, bring? The, I didn't. I didn't notice that he brings I, up Jeeps. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I have it pulled up. It's, but it, he's like, if you're in a like Jeep, give a beep a Jeep or something. Jeep is blasting from the urban streets. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Loops of uh, funk over hardcore beats. Yeah. So hmm. uh, I, I, I always I get a that. little kick out of that. Nice. Yeah, I will. I will never now get that Richard Pryor sample out of my <laughs> head after hours. It was cool. It's repeated about one thousand times in this song. So I definitely. Hey, they're just Heim was influenced by uh, <laughs> Tribe Called Quest. Right. You you got to say the title a thousand <laughs> times. Um, this was not a standout to me, but I mean that the 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 beat is dope. It's laid back. It's funky, like like most of the album. And you again, you can just vibe on it. Um. Did we mention the whole the whole interlude thing? Um, I think that's what you were talking about with Jerobi at at the end. Yes. So they they repeatedly bring in this interlude sample where they're like, "We're going to intro the next song. We're going to introduce the band, etc." Um, did you mention? Did you say I, what? I it's that sample. Was? Well, it's just him saying something about footprints, right? I, it's very quick, and that's my yeah. problem with it. I, I wish if they're going to do the that, the backing that track would, is the same throughout. It is. The album. It's it's a it's a sample of a song called Jagger, Jagger the, Dagger. the Dagger by Eugene oh. McDaniel's. Um, okay. I I just wish when it comes in that it was a little more substantial. Like it just feels like here it's so quick. Yeah. It's like it sounds random, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting choice to sprinkle that throughout the album. Mm-hmm. That you you hear that hip hop uh, though, where the same uh, uh, interlude motifs will will keep coming back. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. They bring back that vocal effect as well, which is kind of uh, yes. This is you know another great track. Uh, again, I don't think it's it's as strong as the first two. Um, still smooth. Uh, I I was really struck by uh, all all of the interesting instrumentation. You know, of course, there's the frogs, and I think there is it's a sequenced frog, so they're almost kind of going off to that <laughs> that that same uh, that same rhythm that that he's he's uh, given the given the lines. And um, I also uh, was noticing there they've got all kinds of verbs on the snaps and on the timpani. There's timpani on this track, uh, if I'm hearing it correctly. Um, yeah, great, great song about hanging out. Um, I thought it was interesting that they were going fishing, which is kind of, uh, kind of fun and, and yeah. talking about going <laughs> yeah. fishing. Um, I mean, I, I think that by the way, I have to say the frogs going fishing, like, can you imagine any other rap act of 1990 being like, let's include frogs in our song. <laughs> like, I think what? this is why, why they're is this so, so rural? unique. Yeah. It's like, are there, are, are there ponds and Queens <laughs> where you can go frogging? <laughs> yeah. Like where were they? <laughs> Well, 
I just, I don't know. I think it's weird. Like, I can't imagine like Dr. Dre, you know, being like, <laughs> yo, put some frogs put on, in here. Put some frogs on, man. I think it might have <laughs> been in Drop Staten, the frogs but uh, I, I was watching that, that YouTube, or YouTube, that Wu-Tang uh, documentary a while ago, and, and they were talking about, uh, they would go to a, it was either a pond or a wooded area, but, you know, they, they were also kind of out in the sticks of New York. Uh, at least some of the, some of the guys were. And, and, and I kind of, you know, here, here's some, some crossover or some, some pollination, I think, you know, from uh tribe, t- uh, coming up into, uh, 36 chambers, you know, the, uh, with that, the, the sparseness of, of the samples. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I guess it's interesting. You say that, by the way, that'll come up in a couple episodes. I'll say that. All right. Okay. Spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have any other thoughts, Matt? Uh, no, it, it's a good, it's a good track. It was cool. All right. Uh, next up, we've got footprints. Our map does not prevail. See the levels picking as the rhythms keep description. A quest yes, the quest inside the jam. I will keep pinching. The point or yes, the point because it's closer. Yes, so far. The liveliness is mean as we scoot across the star. We are bulging. I'm indulging in a rat a tat tat explanation for the liners at the river. It's fat, deep and wide, wide and deep. You can dig it in a tree, but dig it in the ground because the footprint down. So this track is, uh, I think, mainly Donald Byrd's 1974 Think Twice, but it has the continuing loop of Sir Duke from Stevie Wonder's uh, 1976 album. Um, unlike the previous tracks, I'm not really sure this is any about any one specific thing. I don't know. Maybe you guys have thoughts on that, but it just seems to be kind of Q-tip rapping about a lot of stuff. Um, despite its ambiguous nature, though, this might be most of the people involved in this album's Don't Sleep On It, because engineer Bob Power speaks really highly of this song and says it's his favorite on the album. And uh, both Fife and Tip have spoken about how this is one of their favorites on this album. They, they really, really like this one for some reason. Um, I mean, it makes it sound like it's not good. It It is good, but I, I don't know. I didn't hear it and immediately think like this is a standout track on this album. It seems pretty par for the course so far. I feel like the first four are all very similar in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, I'd like to add Fife Watch. No Fife. Still no Fife. Um, but those are those are my thoughts on this one. Um, Blake, what do you think about Footprints? Do you, do you think it's as good as Bob Power, Fife, and Tip all think? Or do you also yes. feel it's a little bit kind of middle of the road? No, I put it in the upper echelon of okay. songs, honestly. So let me tell you what this song has going for it. It's got, obviously, the, the horns from Sir Duke, a song I love. Combines that with that other uh, really cool sample that you said. <laughs> Um, mm. and it, on top of that, there's like a Jesse Jackson sample mm-hmm. that's kind of hard to hear, except for the part where he says walk tall over and over. And what I, what I really love is, um, so w- after Sir du- the Sir Duke horns, that, that sample kicks in the beat and then a louder, uh, more low indie drum machine or, or break beat or whatever it is comes in. You were like, oh, you thought that was the beat? No, this is the beat. And like mm-hmm. 50 hertz comes at you. And it, I, I love that kind of shit. Like that, I, uh, that gets me every time. Um, yeah, this is, they have a ton of like story songs, but this is a more abstract song uh, for sure. I, I agree with, with what you said there. Yeah, I, no, I like this one mm. a lot. Yeah, this is a standout track. Um, obviously sampling Stevie Wonder, you know, you're, 
you're in you're in good hands. Um, I really think that sample works in an interesting way because that song you know that song so well and it's so recognizable that your mind just wants to hear that next you know kind of more yeah. minor toned chord but they just keep it with that major triad uh but then the rest of the beat for the song is in that kind of you know it's 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 kind of an ambiguous uh progression you know but it's uh both it and the sir duke sample are both climbing and and you know as with most of the songs on this album you know the, the, this track's all about you know moving and and you know there's all kinds of lyrics about um you know they're 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 trudging and uh they're where their footprints are are going to be left and um it it just it really works um you know it it's a big vibe the, uh the walk tall uh sample you know r- really fits in well and you know it's got all all three of those things going on and there's uh, there's a lot of sound, but it it's all really well balanced and, and and works really well, and and it keeps everything moving, which you know just really kind of conveys and 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 instills that sense of uh, of movement movement uh, to the listener. At least hmm. it did to me. Uh, Jeep alert! <laughs> <laughs> I have Fife watch. You have Jeep, Jeep watch. watch. <laughs> Jeep watch. Jeeps um, make more appearances than Fife. <laughs> they might actually. But did anyone mention that the the drums are courtesy of uh, Public Enemy? No, oh, really, I did not. And yeah, there's uh, a lot of samples. Like it's just layered samples. But yeah, I think yeah. I think those those beats the uh, those drums are are coming at you from Public Enemy. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't have too much to say about this one. I like it. Uh, it's interesting and thought provoking. The lyrics are, are are great. Everything is purposely in step. And maybe I'm interpreting it wrong, but I get from this that it's important to keep your footing and stay grounded rather than floating away with a big head. And mm. I, I think that's kind of the the takeaway for me that makes makes me think like, well, maybe they, there's something you know to this track that. Uh, cause I think you're right, Josh, partly that it kind of sounds in step, uh, wink, wink with the other four, you know, the other three songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think there's definitely some cool things going on here. And I, th- I think a lot of samples are happening, uh, for sure, but yeah, it's a cool track. Really good flow too, from, from Q-Tip, you know, he, he kind of expands his rhythmic vocabulary, I, I think, and, and really you know, stands out on this one. Well, I don't know if I told you guys about this, but um, I recently went to a Mexican restaurant. Uh-oh. And uh, <laughs> while I was there, there was a particularly attractive waitress. And <laughs> I think Uh-oh. I left my wallet there. This is... And uh, it's got some important things in it, as we will learn. So that, I got to get it. I, I left my wallet in El Segundo, guys. I Chihuahua. Thinking about the past week, the last week. Go in my pocket, I can't speak Hop in the car and torpede to the shack of Shaheen We gotta go back When you said why, I said we gotta go Cause I left my wallet in El Segundo Yeah, I left my wallet in El Segundo 
So this was the first single from this album and would go to number nine on the hip hop charts. It was also the first music video the group shot, um, which if you want to see it, it's uh, it's it's on par with Benita Applebaum in that everyone is in it and everyone kind of looks like they don't know what to do other than Tip. <laughs> <laughs> They're just sort of standing around while, while Tip raps because he's the only person on this song. Uh, no, no fife on this one either. Uh, the track begins with a sample of the Young Rascals 1967 song Sueno, which has someone in Spanish, and I'm about to butcher this, saying Toca Esa Guitarra or something like that, which means I played that guitar. Um, the beat then kicks in, which is Funky by the Chamber Brothers from 1971. And this is one I can really hear the pause tape aspect of it. It sounds like tip could have made this as a pause tape because it's like the same five to six seconds of the chamber brothers song just looped over and over which just had to be time consuming to do by the way oh um, yeah i have to mention that what, what uh, a thing yeah the story of the song was apparently proposed by Jerobi. Um, he gave them the idea, and it's about Tip and Shahid taking a trip all the way from New York to El Segundo in California on a whim, and there Tip leaves his wallet after accidentally seeing a hot waitress. That's it. Uh, the rap critic <laughs> on YouTube correctly points out that nothing really happens in this song. Uh, it goes nowhere, ultimately. He leaves the wallet. <laughs> he leaves the wallet, and that's it. Uh, and apparently reports it to the police. Um, the reason El Segundo was chosen is actually because uh, Tip was a big fan of Samford and Son. Yeah. And and Fred Sanford, I guess, used to throw El Segundo in a lot of things in when he would be making jokes. Um, so Tip says <laughs> he would say something like, oh, I saw Godzilla ate El Segundo or something, you know, talking yeah. to his son, uh, you know, try to get his son to come watch a movie with him. So that is uh, that is where he got it. I have to say, um, overall, this song, like I it's. It's not one of my favorites. I know it's a well-loved Tribe Called Quest song, and it's you know it's on the greatest hits and all that stuff. But it's it's just I agree with the rap critic. It goes nowhere lyrically, and it's just sort of goofy. I don't know. I I I've never really been particularly fond of of this one. So my first note was: Is this "Fly" by Sugar Ray? Exactly. That's what I said. Okay. okay. That's what I said. I can said. find no evidence. I'm glad you brought this up. I've been investigating this. They claim they did not sample that, nor sample the same thing, but God, it's got to be, right? It's, it sounds it's exactly so, the same. Like, the first time I heard it, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, that, what? But at the very end, it sounds a little bit different. So I'm like, well, did they just try to emulate it and do their own version of it? Yeah. Or uh, so they didn't have to, I don't know, but I just thought that was weird. I like the storytelling of this one. I know it, 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 you know, you're right. It doesn't really go anywhere, but I think it shows, you know, we're, we're getting different uh, characteristics of the group right here. And I think this shows more of like a, a what a, a real friendship behind the scenes is like, you know, how you have to re kind of rely on your friends. Like, oh man, I'm sorry. I screwed up and I, I left my wallet. One time I was out, uh, <laughs> I think in, Tulsa and I was uh, playing some music and I left my wallet at someone's house and they had to drive me like all the way across town to get my wallet that I like <sighs> left somewhere and I felt really bad for him. Uh, my wallet in Oklahoma. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, so I kind of, I, I find that's a little bit of an endearing 
uh, story, and I liked where that was going. Uh, It's a fun one, I thought. Uh, I enjoyed it. El Segundo. uh, I I did not know about the Sanford and Son uh, connection. That's fun. This is a fun song. The vibe that I get from this song is a better produced in the sense of I like the beats and the rap better, but I get a big vibe of like parents just don't understand yes. to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are some good lines. Um, th- this is one where I think Q-Tip isn't, you know, he, he's kind of stuck in that really, uh, you know, strict cadence uh, of lines or uh, of rhythm. Um, I do like the the pronunciation. Uh, you know, they're talking about, uh, so we left Brooklyn, we made big tracks, drove down the belt, got on the conduit, uh, you know, instead of conduit. Uh, I, I, I thought that was... Um, that was a really fun little uh, little bit of wordplay. Um, they were going to do it, but yeah, I mean, uh, nothing happens in this song. They they go get gas. You know, at, at one point, it's Ali said, "Pay for lunch," so I did it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so th- this one just didn't really stick with me, especially coming off of footprints, which is so sophisticated and and you know really really sticks with you and then you get to this and it's kind of like yeah okay i I, i'm still going with that they wrote this one really young like it just sounds like yeah yeah it has to be i i i'm sure you're you're correct on that yeah but it's a buddy's buddy song yeah yeah it's a buddy road trip do do Um, we need to talk about what what was in the wallet well blake yeah let's hear blake's thoughts and then yes i I would love to talk about what's in the wallet um so El Segundo uh, can be translated to mean the second. I don't know what the significance of that <laughs> might be, um, but it's it's a it's a classic uh, parents left town party song. But but really, uh, yeah, I I was thinking, this, why was this the first single? <laughs> like I, not having any background with this, I wasn't sure what the appeal was of of this goofiness. Um, there's nothing. Uh, terrible about it but um it's just kind of it's like yeah nothing happens like you've said um if if uh, luck of lucian was was riffing on uh uh, french stereotypes this song is is riffing a little bit on on latin american or mexican stereotypes which which doesn't come off quite quite as well what well, hasn't aged very well? Let's it say hasn't that. aged yeah. as well as making fun of the French. I'll say that, <laughs> which, which has aged like a fine wine, my friend. Um, when they meet, when they meet a four foot man in a sombrero, one of the stereotypes. Do you think? Do you think Fife put that in there just to make his five foot self feel better? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. I don't know. Maybe I do want to mention that he would. That Fife would uh, sometimes go by uh, Malik the Five Foot Freak, <laughs> which I have a, a clip of that. I'm saving it for later. But yeah. um, speaking of that, what was in the wallet that was so important? It was their Jimmy hats, oh, which kind of got to have them. It was, yeah. it was Tip's Jimmy hats. It's starting kind of a motif of, oh, yeah. of how important it is to carry condoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maybe everyone else has thoughts. It's a it's a I strange thing to me. It's a strange theme. I have a few thoughts that I'll talk about later. But by the way, that's po- not the only yeah. thing Positive. in the wallet. Also, props numbers, which who is prop, will be revealed in the next song. Okay, yeah, and that's as good a transition as any. If you all are ready, yeah, let's get to it. The next one, pubic enemy. 
safe safe sex everyone safe sex (laughs) so yeah if you don't use your jimmy hat you might get a pubic enemy all right well this song has a lot of samples uh pity for the lonely by luther ingram from 1972 communication is where it's at by billy the baron from 1975 and more there's more than that um obviously a song about stds kind of a story song about uh different people that got stds um as far as the the condom things go I mean, you guys remember this era when you were kids as well. Like, it was a big thing yeah. to talk about safe sex at that time, right? Yeah. You had Salt yeah. and Peppa with Let's Talk About Sex in 1990. TLC would wear the condoms. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were little kids, but um, yeah. it was a big thing. So I think that was kind of the hot topic of its there day. Was, there was still know? AIDS panic at this time. Was, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I mean, this it does kind of date the song I feel a little bit uh it's hard not that STDs are like not a thing anymore but uh, <laughs> no, it just it just feels like it's it definitely of its era um I mentioned we would find out who prop was so DJ Cool Red Alert who was their manager at the time uh is on this one and he calls himself the prop master but he also says a bunch of other people are prop masters whatever that means and uh Maybe giving yeah. props, I would assume, right? You're a master of giving uh, props. I, okay. I don't know. I was wondering about that. But uh, that's who I assume is, is in the wallet as well, the numbers of. But Matt, did you have a thought on that? Well, I, I just thought maybe they were all members of the Prop Masters Union. They, they might have all worked on, <laughs> on Broadway. <laughs> I like it. We'll go so no, one. I do not have a thought. Uh, I, I do want to say, by the way, this one really grew on me. Like, I didn't like this one initially. And. After a while, it grew on me. I just, for some reason, really like the kind of jaunty beat, uh, the kind of stabbing uh, organ or whatever that is. And I think Tip's rhyming is really good on this one and, and sort of his rhythm, when especially the, the clip I played there where he says, you know, scary, ain't it? The pubic enemy. Like, there's something about the way he says it <laughs> leading into the sample that's really, like, rhythmic and cool. Um, but, yeah, those are my thoughts. Uh, by the way, Fife Watch, still no Fife. He has mm. he has not returned yet. Uh, Word five go. Pubic enemy. Uh, my my first note <laughs> is uh, oh. ha. I, I see what you did there. Uh, uh-huh. You know, yeah. We we were talking about you know obviously there, there's themes of of uh, you know STDs. Um, I really like this one as well. Um, this one more than any I think reminds me of the myth of chess boxing uh, off of Thirty Six mm. Chambers. Uh, you were mentioning that that beat. You know, that really kind of percussive uh, electric piano beat and then really kind of dense, uh, dense percussion, you know, drums. Um, I think these are some of the, you know, some of the more interesting uh, line deliveries. I, I love the the old King Cole verse. Um, he hold the crown, but not the Jimmy hat. Now he's now he wears a <laughs> frown and the Jimmy hates that, uh, you know, just r- really, um, you know, r- really interesting uh, lines put together. Um, so, yeah, I, this one grew, grew on me as well. It's it's it was hard to take this uh, this song seriously from the jump with with a title like Pubic Enemy, uh, and uh, wh- while I, I I wasn't 
all that into the the lyrics about about crabs or whatever it is um <laughs> i i did notice that that the beat is pretty sick on this one and it's it's more it's more up tempo uh more energetic and i was wondering if if this one was dj red alerts doing rather than ali's is that why the beat's different I, every i as i don't know every song in this album is produced by tip except for push it along which is ali shaheed so i i don't know exactly what that means mm-hmm. ali shaheed okay. did on the album it just said programming and i am not with it enough with hip-hop to know exactly what that means as far as <laughs> your role within yeah. recording but yeah, we we might get into that more with, with Mr. Muhammad, but uh, I'm going to theorize since the the credits are sparse that DJ uh, Cool DJ Red Alert, I should say, his job on this one was making the beat a little more sick. Well, he um, was a radio DJ, so oh <laughs> yeah, he right, was a I'm radio gonna, I'm gonna DJ. Cut out, I'm going to cut out the stupid thing that I just <laughs> he was said. A, yeah, he was a radio DJ, not a. I don't know if he did like DJing at parties. Well, okay. Easy, easy to get confused there with a name yeah. like Cool DJ Red Alert. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing him on the ones and twos, but that's all, all wrong. No, I think he just shouted things, apparently. And I, I was wondering if, if Public Enemy would sue over this, but I guess they were friendly, so maybe it was, you know, just a friendly joke. Well, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I didn't really realized that it was called pubic enemy until just now <laughs> oh no i'd been misreading it the entire time thinking it was really public enemy and i'm like huh that's weird you know but i thought well since they use some public enemy drums i was like well that's cool you know they're friends whatever so uh, i feel embarrassed now but that makes it even funnier i guess (laughs) (laughs) by the way logan to alleviate your embarrassment i also thought it was public enemy for a long time it wasn't until like enemy in the lyrics i know but it wasn't till like a few Uh, listens that i realized like it was not public enemy so you're not the only person logan i thought that as well my brain does really stupid things (laughs) and i can't account for it so uh, but I dig the rhythm and I f- uh, and the feel of this one. I was thinking this could almost be a a diss track because I originally thought yeah. it was called Public Enemy. I right. thought, well, maybe they're gonna you know do a diss track towards them. Although it, <laughs> it, it seemed out of character. But the only thing getting dissed and rightfully so is that pubic lice, which I should have made the connection. I don't know. I'm, I just botched this one, guys. I don't know what to tell you. But here's my take, though. Uh, the long me is both oh yeah is yeah, yeah, both yeah. funny and ridiculous, and it's reaching Bugs Bunny territory. And I thought <laughs> maybe Bugs uh, represents crotch crickets. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Well, uh, we can talk about where he uh, might have gotten the pubic enemy, um, which is from the titular uh, person in our. Actually, no, because the titular person in our next song is a is a beautiful woman that um, I think is supposed to be perfect in every way, and that is Benita Applebaum. Benita Applebaum, you gotta put me on. Benita, Benita, Benita. Thirty eight, Some brothers won't. Listen, I like to tell you things some brothers don't. Mm-hmm. 
All right, folks, buckle up because there's a lot to say about this one. Um, <laughs> this this one, uh, one of my sources is a was a book about the greatest hip hop songs of all time, and it had a chapter on just this song. So, wow. I had a lot of information. I'm not going to go over all of it, but quite a bit. So this song is one of Tribe's earliest and best known. It has several samples, including Daylight by a group called Ramp from 1977. And Trip, Trip, Tip created the song about lusting after a woman with a uh, apple bottom, I think, is yeah, the terminology. An apple bum. <laughs> an apple bum, uh, which, you know, a large uh, posterior. Uh, according to Shahid, by the way, the original chorus of this was a lot more graphic than it's presented here. It was toned down because by the time they recorded this, they were a few years older. And uh, I have you know, to know just, what it used to be. I don't think they've ever revealed, but yeah, they were like real young teenagers when they wrote it. So I imagine <laughs> it was not <laughs> pretty. Um, you may notice, so by the way, that Tip's rapping here is a little different than the other songs stylistically. And from what I have read, it was because he had seen an interview with Miles Davis talking about using rest when they play mm. in jazz. And so he decided to try to use rest in rapping. That's interesting. Like, so pausing. Um, Shea Serrano, which is the author of that book I was just talking about, uh, he said that this is the, quote, best rap love song that's ever been, and that it showed that a rap song could be about a woman without it sounding like it was a rap song for a woman, and that it transformed the template forever. It was the second single and went to number four on the hip-hop charts, although the only place you can find the music video is on Vimeo, which I sent to you guys earlier. And, of course, I'll, I'll wrap it up by saying I have to bring up the line that Q-Tip says he will tell you things other brothers don't and kiss you where other brothers won't. <laughs> so <laughs> it is typically Well, it is typically seen that he's saying he will... Uh, as Serrano puts it, uh, kiss Benita's V. Oh. <laughs> That's how Serrano writes in the book that he's willing to, you know, you know, go go down there. But apparently, there's a common online theory that Serrano talks about that it's actually about Benita's B, <laughs> which I just oh, think is no. really That's funny. That's what I was. That's that what I was thinking. That Tip is talking about, you know, uh, you know, you know. I'm but going down I, I think he's. Yeah, I think he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I think That's, he's talking about you know, the V here, uh, that he'll kiss her where other brothers won't, but I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know. I love this song. I think it illustrates what tribe do best, this relaxed, smooth beat and some of tips, um, cleverest rhymes like that couplet I just said. I think it's one of the most memorable couplets, um, on this album. Yeah. Um, wow. So they decided to do a sexy, a horny song. Um, <laughs> What's and I think the using using the rests in this is the only song I think where where he does um mm -hmm. where yeah he includes pauses between lines that it, it's kind of a stroke of genius to make the song a bit uh sexier <laughs> uh, but it yeah it it changes the whole mood and the, the sample helps a lot with that um but yikes it's horny um <laughs> you were talking about the um uh confusion over the I'll, I'll kiss you where some brothers won't. You want me to uh, clear everything up by reading what a random genius.com user had said? Well, I think that's where the Serrano got that. But yeah, go ahead. 
Okay, so uh, some random Genius.com user, by the way, this song on Genius.com was verified by Ali Shaheed Muhammad, so mm-hmm. yeah. this is gospel. Um, <laughs> I don't think he verified every a- comment. I think he just, <laughs> <laughs> think he just gave I'm, a few I'm thoughts on it. I don't as- think he read every comment, <laughs> read every online so, troll. And had to- yeah. The line means, Tip tries to win over Benita by saying he's a better lover than the guys she's been with and that want to be with her by saying he'd like to kiss her where some brothers won't. He's probably talking about cunnilingus, which makes him a better lover. Some guys are too squeamish to even talk about going down on women. And yet tip is straight up telling Benita Applebottom. He wants to, do you want me to read the second half? Go for it. I kind of already said this, but go for it. Alternatively, if we don't consider cunnilingus as something people would be shy about, tip might be talking about. And, you know, I could just put beeps over that whole thing that I just said if we want. <laughs> um, the only – I'm sorry to monopolize time. The only other thing I have to get to is <laughs> crazy prophylactics. So just this idea that, hey, uh, hey, girl, um, what's appealing about me is I own <laughs> mad condoms. The, I own Jimmy condoms. The, the visual Pro- – Crazy prophylactics. The visual I imagined with that was – it unfolds into a big ribbon, you know, <laughs> he, he takes it out of his wallet and just, yeah, you know, exactly. kind of like, uh, uh, you used to see this in cartoons or something when someone would show pictures, it would be that expanding <laughs> accordion, except it's, it's just, uh, just Jimmy hats. <laughs> I'm sorry again. Let me do one thing before Logan goes this, this, the crazy prophylaxis things ties into the TLC connection. Uh, may, may I drop a short thing with, with, with Fife, uh, introing TLC. Sure. Five okay. is not on Benita Applebaum, though. Five watch. No, and I, I wish I wish he was, but listen closely for the con- condom connection. The first voice you're going to hear is Andre Three Thousand. Yo, I'm checking for left eye, man. Oh God, G. I don't know God. I don't know God. I don't know God. I don't really, really know. Check the flow. My man, I'll be sure he's in effect mode. To have a brush on dawn from end vogue it's not like honey just would want to get with me but just in case i own more condoms than toc uh, <laughs> my name's malik the five for freak it's like that y'all my name's malik the five for freak is on the m-i-c i-o-p-h-o-n-e i rule toc up in the house crazy sex cool you know what i'm saying malik the five foot freak that may be the best rap intro an album has ever had this is the horniest episode we've ever had between crazy, well, sexy, cool, and Benita Applebaum? I mean, come on. Not, it's not not my fault that they made this horny song. All right, go ahead, Logan. <laughs> I strongly dislike this song. Um, <laughs> I really, really dislike it a whole lot. Um, I like the groove, but this one kind of just grates on me. Uh, <laughs> I think getting Benita, 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 over and over in my head is not appreciated. Um, is that a sitar? And it, I've never, yes. I've never had a problem with a sitar in a song until now. I want to well, know where if, they got. Famously reused by the Fugees. I was wondering if that was oh, the yeah. killing me. That's where that was. Me softly. Yeah, uh, well, they use it uh, much more subtly than uh, this <laughs> this track does because every time I hear that, it just like I'm like, ew, the baseline is cool, but that's mostly about it for me. Uh, yeah, it, this was a big thumbs down. Hot takes. 
Matt, mm-hmm. where you fall on this one? I think it's good. Um, it's got that same smoothness that we've been talking about throughout. Um, I, I'm glad to hear that I wasn't the only one who who said, oh, it's the Fuji sample. It's got some more of that reverse delay uh, that that we had on on um, uh, Jirobi's uh, kind of intro and, and interstitial tracks. Um, I really like the the line about the uh, looking in your elaborate eyes. I think that's mm. you know one of, one of the better deliveries on the whole record. Um, I I actually was kind of put off by the um, kiss where some brothers won't tell you what some brothers <laughs> don't. I, I I think that was really I thought it was a little facile. Um, but uh, but I think I think overall it works. I really like the beat. Um, you know that that really kind of light Rhodes piano sound. Um. You know, always works well. I think that prophylactic might be one of those words like moist that is just uh, <laughs> really, you know, you, you, really? you hear it and it's and it kind of it kind of makes people uncomfortable. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it's bleeped in the Vimeo video. I don't really? know why. Really? Yeah. They cut it. Yeah. But uh, they're not. They're against safe sex. <laughs> it's all toilet sounds. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I think, uh, I think we can kick this and uh, kick into the next song. What, what well, do you think? Well, hold on. Before I want to oh, ever so slightly push back on on the the criticism of that line, Matt. Just Defense because Benita. I, well, here's the thing about this. Again, I think you think context. 1990 hip hop songs about love, like women, like it just. I don't know. In that environment, this was an unusual yeah. song to be. They're addressing talking about those going things. down in the regular sense. That that's, that's it's it. it's just unusual when you consider the other songs that might have been around at that time about women that were not quite as. Uh, Nice. I don't know, sensual or loving, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, I don't know. You got to give it credit for that, but maybe it hasn't aged, aged that well for sure. And break. Um, <laughs> guys, I have a question for you. Uh, can, can I kick it? You can. Thank you. Can I kick it? Yes, can. can I kick it? Yes, can. can I kick it? Yes, can. Well, I'm going. To my tribe that flows in layers. Right now, Fife is a point sayer. At times, I'm a studio conveyor. Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor? You'll be doing us a really big favor. Boy, this track really has a lot of flavor. When it comes to rhythms, quest, did you say- All right. Well, I had to include a clip there with Fife Dog because mm-hmm. he's finally back. Um, Fife Watch. This, uh, I'll just say right off the bat, is is one of my favorite tribe songs. Um, I think the use of Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side kind of typifies the direction they're going to go on the next album, not using samples of that same ilk, but the bass sound is going to be very important on the next album that we talk about. Um, Another reason it's one of my favorites on this album is, as I said, we're finally once again graced with the presence of Fife. Um, I did want to bring up here, there's this sort of uh, theory, I don't know if theory is right, argument that Fife has a more street rapping style and Tip has a more abstract intellectual style. I have to say on this album, I don't really hear it as much. Um, and there is a uh, a theory that Tip actually wrote all the rhymes on this album. So maybe that's why. Uh, that's hmm. a possibility that he actually wrote Fife's rhymes for him. I don't know if that's ever been confirmed. Um, I doubt Tip would ever say that publicly. Um, 
I, I do think that the shout out though to Mr. Dinkins, will you please be my mayor is a very standard Fife type of thing to do. We'll, we'll notice on several songs, <laughs> he likes to throw out n- name dropping like real people around him. Who um, is you know, Mr. Dinkins? <laughs> Public he was servants. the first African-American mayor of New York City, first and only African-American mm. mayor of New York City. I heard they changed the lyric later in, in live uh, performances because he turned out to be bad or something. <laughs> I I don't know about that. I, I didn't read that. Uh, he, I, I, I read it somewhere that they changed it to uh, he, w- he was a fucked up mayor. Oh, <laughs> that's cl- that's fun. Um uh, this yeah. song, by the way, would hit number eight on the hip hop charts. And if you go see the video for this one, it might be the most 90s video for every <laughs> song on the album. They're, they're in a giant white soundstage with the uh, big letters spelling it, and they repeatedly kick them. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Literal. Yeah. So so uh, that's that's what I got on this one. Um I do like it though. It is it is probably one of my favorites. It was I think the second tribe song I ever really got into um after the reunion album stuff. So yep. I can you I kick feel it bad. I can kick it. Uh I really dig the acoustic uh at at the beginning. I love the walk on the wild side as a sample. Um the drums sound great. I like this track quite a bit, but I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. It's kind of just something that I would probably put on in the background and just, you know, kind of groove to it. And uh, I I wish that I had something more poignant to say about it, but uh, no, I, I, I like it. Uh, I like it as well. I think it, you know, uh, typifies the, the, the whole laid back vibe of the album. Um, I also uh, had the uh, Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor line. Um, I love Fife's whole verse in this. Um, I, the line that stuck out to me was the uh, follow us for funky behavior. Doesn't matter if you're minor or major. And I, I just thought, you know, anytime you're you're bringing in musical references to your music <laughs> yeah. uh, that you're making, um, but then also you've got kind of the the double meaning of of being a minor and you know they were really young at the time um i think it, it's it's neat that uh they used walk on the wild side i love walk on the wild side and they're both not only new york artists but long island artists uh um, oh, like tip or not or tribe or not long island that's de la soul they're queens well okay well but queens is on long island i guess it was is it yes Oh. Ooh, we don't know our New York, do we? Oh, yes, Qu- Queens, Queens is, Queens where is the on Missouri. But I'm going to pop. We're in the I'm going to put on my map nerd hat for a moment and say that yes, Queens is. I didn't know that. Okay, on Long Island. I've never been to New York City. I haven't. New York City. New York City. I I had to remind myself when I was when I was reading about Run DMC were from Queens that like I thought for a second I'm like I wonder if if Tribe when they were younger saw them and I was like oh yeah Queens is probably like a huge place that not everybody knows each other like yeah. I'm thinking in terms of Springfield I'm like oh it's yeah they, everybody's got to know each other right like no <laughs> big place um uh we're decent I, folks <laughs> we're trying people we're trying real hard here folks. I did think that the scratching was a little bit, 
the word I had down in my notes was distracting, and I don't think that's what I want, what I meant. But it, it's very high in the mix, and it's very kind of there's a lot of scratching, yeah. and you know, I I think maybe this is uh, like I respect the skill and the craft, but I did find it a little bit distracting. Uh, I I would have liked you know just kind of a dial it back fifteen percent, and and I think you're going to have a, a smoother. Uh, vibe uh, to your track, but uh, but I, I think overall that this is great. I'm not wild about it. Uh, I know I, I ruffled a few feathers on <laughs> talking about Heim's Summer Girl uh, <laughs> when I kind of implied I may not be all that into Walk on the Wild Side. I know I'm I'm the only person on earth who doesn't like the song, so it didn't do me any favors that, that this song, I don't think this, this track here needs long sections of walk on the wild side without much else going on where they're just kind of, there are no lyrics. They're just kind of letting that, that sample ride out. Uh, however, I do like, I like the fifes on it, like the, the different verse flow, uh, there from both him and tip. The scratching is excessive, but I, I feel it makes the song more interesting uh, for, for me, it is damn hot in the mix though. Um, and there is a section post verse. I don't remember if it's post first or second verse where there's an organ and the scratching kind of go wild together. I thought that was, that was a really cool part. Made this, this track way more interesting. We, we have to mention by the way, that tip says in this song that he has a box of positives, which I assume is condoms. What? He says, I have a box of positives. Why would that I've be never heard condoms? Of condoms? When I got online and looked it up, that was the interpretation as well, that he's mentioning condoms again. Okay. <laughs> he a likes to mention the amount of, of condoms he has. Positives. He, he owns. Um, also, before we move on, uh, or Blake, did you have any other thoughts? Nah, that's it. Uh, I, I have to read this uh, comment from a person on Genius.com that I thought was really interesting. Uh, this this account, Comp Beast wrote, uh, here we have tribe working within the constructs of a, or constricts of a tight verse structure while pushing the limits of it the way Mingus and Monk would fuck with a standard. Q sets the structure of these lyrics in a naturally perfect manner. Lines are built on one anchor sound and repeat until the stanza is fully formed, the theme realized. Then they seamlessly shift to a completely different anchor sound to build a new stanza upon. Fife then picks up on the pattern and follows it perfectly, adding his own color. I just thought that was really interesting because the way they do rhyme is they say like, you know, one word and then it repeats that over and over and over again until they get to the end and then there's a new one. I, I thought that was interesting. Um, made, yeah. me, made me look at the song in a different way. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to youthful expression. Expressions, and I'm guessing 19 years is a youthful lesson. Falling skies, babe, open eyes, babe. Can't you see what lays inside, babe? All right, so while Can I Kick It kind of was a braggadocio type of song, um, this is back to a, a kind of theme song. It reminds me a lot of the earlier ones, has a sort of underlying theme or structure and it and the even the beat and sample is similar this one's generally kind of about being young and ignored by the world but also is about what it means to be a member of tribe in a way um i find it interesting there's no fife on this song but every other member is on it so tip does all the rapping Jerobi is that weird voice you heard 
He's the one kind of talking about politics that's in a distorted voice. And then Shahid comes in at the very end and does a, a monologue about being in a tribe called Quest. So it has everybody but Fife. Um, this isn't a top tier one on this album, but, but Fife. for me at least, but it, it, it fits <laughs> the vibe and the, the sample of um, Inner City Blues by Reuben Wilson from 1974, I think works pretty well. It's interesting. Uh, I didn't know that it was a sample of a version of Inner City Blues uh, because I went back to the uh, the Marvin Gaye Inner City Blues on what's going on, um, and and you know kind of the the vibe and feel of, of that song you know really kind of ma- matches in uh, or or is parallel to to what they're kind of getting into here. I, this this one's pretty good. I think this is an, this might be another one where Q-tip is is doing some different uh, different things with his rhythms. Maybe using more of those of those rests. Um, you know, it's kind of more of a strict cadence than um, was it footprints that had the rest? No, it's after hours. No, the more rest of, were in, in uh, Benita, Benita Applebaum. Benita Applebaum, excuse me. He's doing. Uh, it's more of a strict cadence than I think doing the rests in uh, Benita App- Benita Applebaum. But uh, I I think it's uh, it works. Um, I like the. Uh, the line about uh, getting the force, like I th- it sounds like he says Juan Kenobi. Juan Kenobi, <laughs> yeah, Juan which I Kenobi. It's kind of a fun drop. Drop the which Obi. Apparently, they sometimes would call Jerobi Jerobi Juan Kenobi. Okay, oh, yeah. Um, okay, he's got a line about uh, since the knee high, um, you know, both being knee high to a, a grasshopper. But I, I also always think about the drink. Uh, mm. You know, Radar o- O'Reilly's always drinking a grape knee high. There's a really great piano line on the outro that that I. Yes. Uh, I had down and uh 365 straight out the bottle is, is a great, uh, great line. So, so yeah, I, I think this is, you know, great, you know, middle of the road track, uh, and, and, you know, keeps the album moving. I might put this one in more of the upper tier. I, I enjoyed it a, a good deal. I think uh, musically what's going on here is, um, um, more interesting than, than some, uh, it's got a, a really cool bass and organ, beat playing off each other the the flow uh is different in this one he mixes it up a bit um and matt mentioned that that keyboard part at the end i love that it's it's unlike anything else on the album i think it sounds like daft punky like they're gonna go into like that sort of thing like it it could be it could be a dance keyboard um but it just kind of rides the song out i liked it lyrically um like um it's almost like a, a thesis or, or title track uh when ali and in, in the outro is talking about he he's he says something about with a rhythmic instinction to be able to travel now i don't know if if the album title came from that or or if it was the reverse i thought that was interesting um he also says somewhere that uh red alert is with the poo poo <laughs> uh, I think is is a, a more a more clean uh, version of saying he's the shit. I I think so. Uh, there's also yeah. if you read online, somebody says, "Oh, well, Red Alert was involved with Public Enemy or something." I don't I don't take that though. I think it's with the shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, like like he's he's the shit. It, it is. This is a we haven't really talked about it. It's it's a. I mean, Apple Bum is filthy, but it's a pretty clean album. Yes. <laughs> Um, so they say poo-poo instead of shit. That's why I think I, I want to put it in our lyrical canon right up there with 
Poop is hard as rock. I think we had some other. I, I feel like we had other ones, but I can't remember what. They Kurt are Cobain right. had uh, quite a bit. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, it, it's a nice track, um, but I don't have a whole lot to comment on it. I don't mind or have very strong feelings towards or against it. I do think the viewpoints of the youth are largely ignored by major media and i think that's something they were kind of hinting at um Mm. youth culture so i appreciate that and i think youth culture deserves to be heard just as many just as much as any other culture does so i'm all for it but i i don't really have a whole lot of strong feelings on it it's again something i would have it on the background and just it, it it's not super super memorable to me but uh i can appreciate it all right, for sure. Let's uh, let's get to the interestingly titled "Rhythm Devoted to the Art of Moving Butts." Vaporwave. Oh yeah. Mama say ya, mama kusa, kids hectic, freak a bourgeois. We quest around for the musical heart on Avenue Streets and Boulevard. Not selling out, that's a negative. Love and hip hop, love and heritage. All right, well, similar to Pubic Enemy, uh, this song starts with another associate doing the introduction. This time it's Prince Paul, who was De La Soul's producer. The song itself, I think, is an abrupt change in tone from the other songs. It has a synth-based mm-hmm. sample, yeah, which apparently comes from a Grace Jones song uh, rather than a, a yeah. soul-based sample. Um, the song isn't bad at all, but it, it just kind of stands out. It's it's like different to me than than all the others for sure. Um, I like the line, by the way: "Rhythms are obese. You got to keep them fed." I think that was kind of a Nice line there from Tip. Uh, by the way, Fife Watch, no Fife, no Fife. He's gone again. He's disappeared again into the weeds. Uh, Blake, what do It'd you think? It'd be easier about... to just bring it up when. <laughs> I know it's the, it's the, the exception. I I, I, I realize that as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, which it's um, it's funny. I think Jerobi might be on this album more, and Jerobi really doesn't do anything. <laughs> He doesn't have a role in the group. Yeah. He's just there. Yeah, he, he's the he mystic. He shouts out. Okay. He's the mystic yeah. man. He's a, he's a hype man. That's what yeah, I'm doesn't. Jerobi does not have an actual role. Uh, apparently, he did rap on a few songs on Low End Theory, but they were cut. Like, his verses were cut. Um, and the... as far as I know, he does not rap on any Tribe songs. <laughs> He's just he's just there. He was a friend. His his so, role was around. the payroll. So he Yeah, he's, he's the mystic man. It, did he did he get paid? I, I will say I by mean, the way, I may be tipping my hand. Jerobi is my favorite member of Tribe, by the way. Of course. I, he, of course. If you well if you watch he's any interviews, he's the dude that you like. I think you could hang out with Jerobi and have a good time. Like he he seems like a fun dude. Um every interview with him is great. Um but anyway, sorry, getting off the subject. Rhythm devoted to the arts of moving butts. Blake, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah. I think this one kind of smacks. Uh yeah, the the this sample, it's in I didn't know it was Grace Jones. That's very interesting. But the the synthy, as Josh said, vaporwave uh uh music bed, I thought it was it really stands out and thought it was um really good it's just musically uh drum wise and everything it, it hooked me a little more than, than most tracks on here maybe that means i i lean more into uh the, the synth stuff than than the funk and jazz stuff which I, I guess is not that shocking knowing myself um it's got 
lines like take the crust away from the third eyelid i mean yeah <laughs> pretty pretty good stuff uh okay good. i i think my favorite bit is um you got the rhythm i got the rhythm etc ad nauseum whispered as the hook it's hypnotic and it's really good mm-hmm. um and i wonder what you guys made of like the there's like some fade out at the end of the song on whispering and maybe talking in french i'm not sure what's going on lucian there. But I, well, is it Lucian? I, I, I dig this song. Uh, Blake, I'm right there with you. Uh, my leanings are very much into the synth realm, and I definitely get yeah. this more electronic synth loop kind of feel. So it's a nice change. Uh, Josh, you said it stands out. I think this is something to show just another side of a, you know, another side to them. And this helps expands their sound. Uh, I love the vibe, the feel, except for that weird aggressive sample, whatever it is. But it sounds like ah. a it sounds like a video ah. game character getting stomped on, <laughs> and I'm just like <laughs> getting hurt. <laughs> and every time I hear it, I'm just yeah, like, "What exactly. the fuck is that?" <laughs> uh, but other than that, uh, I, I this is one of my favorite tracks uh, so far. I, I I like this one quite a bit. I, I like this one as well. They, they're they're back to questing, uh, you know. <laughs> they they're they're rolling their their twelve sided dies and and they're and they're questing again. Um, we've talked about the sample. The sample's great. More laid back. Um, I like how it's just kind of going between two chords and and just those two chords. You know, have enough to to really carry the song. Um, as I said, they're they're back to questing. Um, is this patient zero for an eargasm? Uh, they got a line polyrhythm addict with a big fat boom. You have an eargasm as you start to consume. Um, mm. I, I'm, I'm curious if there were earlier uses of, uh, of, of an eargasm, eargasm. Uh, in, <laughs> in, in music. Um, the whispered, I got the rhythm, you got the rhythm. That's such an interesting choice, you know, just yeah. that that's what they, what they landed on. And, and I really like, quirky things and records like that because you just know that they were working you know there in in the studio and all of a sudden somebody had an idea and and whether this was you know how it went down or not but you you can see you know how it would have felt to have that idea and then try it and have it work as well as it did um you know just creating that that kind of that that song or, or 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 that feeling uh you know really hooks you once once you've you've done it um so yeah i i think the album after you know they went out to el segundo and then they you know had some some lady troubles and and uh talked about the the youth um but but they're they're back they're back in their travels now and and i'm i'm for here for it all right. I'm sorry. I was trying to look up eargasm to see if I could figure out if it had oh, been used Lord. earlier. First use of and I, I was tra- <laughs> You stumbled on something yeah. entirely different. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. No. Guys, I got a new I got a new thing. Uh new fetish. So uh the the next song is a homage of sorts to their DJ, Mr. Muhammad. Rhythms are the thing. Huh. Rhythms have the key. Huh. Rhythms make you swing. Huh. If you don't like it, no. you can park her up. Huh. You listen, Mr. Quill. If yeah. you're hiding, just give up. Huh. I'm a rhythm monster. Huh. Who's out on a plow? Yeah. Muhammad gives a hoot huh. like Woodsy the owl. Yeah. Come Friday, my compadre. Uh-huh. Kid, you want some more? Word. Muhammad push the button. Samples in the score. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Once again, had to had to use the Fife verse uh, since they're rare. Yeah, um, of course. I. I Honestly, overall, don't have strong feelings on this one, though. Um, obviously, it's kind of all about uh, their DJ, Ali Shaheen Muhammad. Uh, it contains references to both Grandmaster Flash and Run DMC. Also, Fife does more name dropping, specifically Dan Quayle and Woodsy the Owl. <laughs> uh, this time, oh, yeah. he loves I, his I name Woodsy. dropping. Dan Quayle, I guess, kind of dates it. Um, I do have to yeah, say I yeah. love the way they transition into the sample, which it's an earth, wind, and fire uh, sample where they, they say sample sing the score and then the hook starts as we heard there. It's it's similar to how yeah. pubic enemy, they kind of will say like just a quick line and then throw it to the sample. So I, I appreciated that for sure. Yeah. So there's some cool funky wah-like effects going on that I like. That's a cool... Uh, different texture from what we've heard so far uh you gotta fondle the groove <laughs> it's that's a interesting lyric there um it's okay <laughs> nothing that really grabs me too much or anything it's a nice track to feature the dj and i can appreciate that but overall it's kind of forgettable for me it's just kind of like a glorified like drum solo or something like I don't know. Uh, it, it's just not something that I'm probably going to come back to or remember too much about this without just, you know, having this album in my direct background. So mm -hmm. like you, Josh, I, um, I, I really liked that. Uh, the, the, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. Th that's the earth, wind and fire that you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that that fit really well uh, into the groove. Um, I don't have a lot of notes on uh, on this song, but uh, they use crowd noise as a, as kind of a percussive element at some points, and, and I thought that was a really interesting uh, choice. I, I'm I'm a big fan of sounds being used from taken from a source, but being used in a different uh, fashion, and and that really struck out. Uh, uh, to to me here was was that that crowd noise almost as a, as a percussive element, kind of like Grimes Blake, right? Do you think Grimes would fall into that ter territory using crowd sounds? Uh, there's all sort of weird weird sounds going on in her her records, man. I don't even know. Yeah, she talked about it in one um, of those one of those uh, intimate like get to know the song kind of deals. Yeah, that one on Kill V Man was was yeah. was so good. Anyway, um. Mr. Muhammad uh, is kind of kind of middle of the road for me. It's a DJ show off track. Brag about your DJ. So was it a thing in this era to have a track obligatory almost that's all about your DJ? Because Pu yeah, Public they, Enemy did the same thing. They want okay. their skills shown. They you know they there's a craft to it, and they want to be able to showcase. I don't think they that. do that anymore. But they they well, want to showcase. Reference it. I always. Yeah, the reference I always see is I, I Run DMC had a song about Jam Master J. Um, I didn't know about the Public Enemy one. I honestly haven't listened yeah, to they, a ton of them. Sure, so. their their Beast, DJ was Beastie Boys. Beastie Terminator Boys, X yeah. was their. I, the song was called Terminator X or something about him. Um, but it was just yeah, it was just uh, him showing off on the ones and twos and and Chuck D bragging about him. I'm gonna write a song um, about one of you guys, just like just all about one yeah. Of you. <laughs> Write it about Blake. Should, Write a song about Blake. You should do one about me mixing. <laughs> this is a song the man. About Blake. He's such he a good mixer. All his time mixing stuff for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and I'll I'm, do that. Oh, uh, oh, uh. 
<laughs> yeah. S- sample, sample sing the score is a really good line. Like they're commanding, telling the sample, hey, sing the score for us <laughs> underlying the song. I thought I, I, I dig that. Nice. Anyway. Well, hey, I'm hungry. Let's eat some ham and eggs. Ooh. Ooh. I don't eat no ham and eggs. Hey. Cause the high and the less I'm wrong. Come on. Come on. Hey, don't fight. Do you eat them? No tip. Do you eat them? Uh-uh. Hey. A tasket, what's a mama's basket? Some veggie links and some fish that stinks. Why, just the other day I went to grandma's house. So, this is the grandma's hidden, house. I'll just reveal this is the hidden gem of the album to me. Um, it's, yeah. it's a song about exactly what it says ham and eggs, specifically how <laughs> tribe does not eat them. Uh, which, by the way, we don't know why. There's a few. Uh, possibilities. It is the one song in the album that I feel is the most cohesive and fun. Um, partially because you've got Fife and Tip actually trading lines rather than just trading verses. Yes. Like it sounds like they're, they may not have been in the studio live, but it sounds like they're in the studio live together. And then you also have just sort of a general party atmosphere. Like at one point, Africa from the Jungle Brothers chimes in. De La Soul chimes in. Like about, they actually say they love ham and eggs and they eat them all the time. By the way, but it just adds to kind of this fun, unique yeah. sound on the track. And then also, when it comes at the very end, Jerobi's narration comes back in, and it actually feels less tossed off because he leads them in the chant of funk rhythm and it just feels more substantial than normal when he just sort of jumps in and says like the next title of the song and it goes on like this one he's actually doing something and i i don't know overall this one just that adds to this kind of fun atmosphere on this track uh yeah this is i'd mentioned food earlier this is obviously the the wellspring (laughs) of of all of the food imagery on (laughs) uh on the record um we got ham and eggs We've got uh, we uh, got a mouse. We've got collard greens. The occasional <laughs> oh, steak, <a> mouse. <laughs> asparagus tips, Yummy. Um, candied yams. Ha- Does anyone know of any other song that uh, that has the lyric uh, "Inside my tummy"? <laughs> By the way, Fife Fife also <laughs> says roti and soursop, which are both West Indian dishes. It's like the only time he, they kind of indicate their their heritage because their parents were Caribbean immigrants, mm. which I think is interesting. Yeah. But um, the thing that I, uh, that took, uh, I took away was at some point they, they, they talk about how this is the food that you eat when you're questing. And, you know, I, I just really, I, I really like how the, that theme of, of questing, you know, just in the title, but also throughout the record, you know, there's there's all kinds of different you know little angles and snippets of this notion of of the quest and and you quest with your friends with your tribe um you're taking care of each other and you know m- making sure that everybody gets gets fed um the uh the chicken chicken dinner or chicken for lunch chicken for my dinner chicken 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 i'm a finger licking winner uh <laughs> it, it, it's it's tough to beat that uh as a line <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want uh, yeah. Tip having three chicken meals in one day. <laughs> it's Fife that I think says he has three chicken meals, right? Oh, <laughs> well, I thought Tip said the chicken. Gen- chicken, chicken. Genius has it as as Tip. I thought it. I thought oh, it was really? Fife, okay, I Fife thought it was also, Fife. But, okay. Yeah, so much chicken is is in one of my notes. Um, but and and yeah, I really like how they bring back that that kind of live 
uh, live studio feel, um, you know, all, all the call outs and, and, and just that, that party vibe. I, I think it works. Yo, Josh, do you eat them? No, Blake, do you eat them? Uh, oh, I already messed it up. Sorry. <laughs> I ruined it. Um, <laughs> You ever go to a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, I know it's – this song kind of has a, a that vibe to it. I know it's goofy, but this track kind of slams. <laughs> it, may, it maybe has the most fun beat on the whole album. Um, love the back and forth between Fife and Tip. Really catchy. Really crazy and weird. I, li- I like that they have the bravery to be weird. Is it a Dr. Seuss reference, by the way? Ooh, I don't <laughs> that's know. Because that's what somebody on Genius seemed to think. Didn't think about like, that. I, it's some somebody refusing to eat eggs and ham. So, you know, harkens to <laughs> green eggs and ham. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I wanted to know, who is Gary at the end? <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody <laughs> says, yo, Gary, do you eat him? <laughs> Who's this Gary. I don't remember that. I have to look it up. Gary, they, he's legendary. Legendary. <laughs> I know there's a lot of names and, being and thrown. Doesn't pa- eat pause, dairy. Pause. Pause. Right. Huh. It's just a lot of a lot of stuff's going on. That the party vibe is what it's all about. Um, it's standout track, a banger. Oh. Uh, well, okay. I'm not just tipping not it banger, right banger, there, aren't you? All right. Yeah, so yeah. no, uh, I'm not tipping it. I'm just saying it has that banger spice on it. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. So I get the I get the, get the song's intent. I can definitely appreciate the message of a ve- vegetarian diet and the obvious benefits. I'm not a vegetarian, so I can't really talk much on that front. But it's a fun song, like you guys have said. Um, I do appreciate the ability to be kind of weird and goofy. I could see see it making it onto like a good list that we could do in the future about uh, food and music uh, because it kind of reminds the food album. It reminds me of the Beach Boys song "Vegetables" or "Vegetables" mm. uh, from <laughs> Smiley Smile in a way. I would have liked to have heard them actually crunching on vegetables to make the beats, though. (laughs) I think that really would have, like, my lord, you know, taken it over the edge there for me. Um, it's cute, you know. It's a cute. uh, I don't. We don't have a. I don't want to say a trite called quest or anything like that. But um, oh no, oh no. But it's fine. Feinheim. Yeah, it's 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 okay. I I like the I I like the personality. Like you know, I I like them building and expanding on kind of the quests. Kind of like Matt was saying, and and there's this feeling of questing. And I I appreciate the good messages of like safe sex, eat healthy. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. wait I'm waiting for like read books and like you know, yeah. brush your teeth. That's next. So uh, I can appreciate the 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 good. The good vibes. Exercise. Run a lot, eat a lot, brush them like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh let's go ahead in the rain. All I wanna do is get down, y'all. Have a ball, y'all, and freak freak, y'all. Life these ventures ain't new, boo. So don't boo hoo. Yeah, you too. You gotta get a grip, right culture. Swoop down, swoop down like a vulture. All right, so this is where, as Logan has said in the past, Josh starts to lose some attention. (laughs) 
Oh my uh, god. Uh, really? Really? Josh, I'm I This is where oh, I start to man. fall off a little bit. Um oh. I it starts with a Jimi Hendrix sample, uh, but I just I don't know. I feel like this one doesn't go anywhere for me. Um 14 tracks is a lot. It's it's a long album, man. Um we're almost there, but it just it's long. Uh I don't know if anybody else noticed this. It feels like Tip's voice is lower on this song. Like it feels a yeah. little pitched down. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. I don't know. That's strange, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Blake, what do you think about Go Ahead in the Rain? This beat goes hard. It's one of my favorite beats uh, and samples on the record. Um, that that main sample, uh, the loop there, you said that was Jimi Hendrix? Well, no, it's just yeah. Jimi Hendrix at the very beginning with the like, What's the main? I don't sample? know what the main. I'll have to look it, it up. It fucking goes hard, dude. Um, I know. I really like uh, "Go Ahead in the Rain." Um, the 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 hook or the 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 part that's in the left and right speakers, huh? What <laughs> is, yeah. is is kind of weird, <laughs> and I want to know what that was taken from. Um, so that was strange. The the lyrics didn't blow me away. They were fine on this one, but mostly it was uh the the beat. That I loved about this. It one. might be "Son of Slide" by Slave from 1977, but uh, who sampled no is, is saying there's a lot of different stuff in this one. So it's funky as hell, yeah. and I like it. Go, go ahead. Well, this is real par for the course, Josh. Just you know, this is definitely. I'm like my, <laughs> my first note here is like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I dig this one quite a bit. The bass is killing it. Is Q-Tip rapping? Because he sounds a little different. Uh, yeah. Again, I love the vibe. I love the groove. It's more up-tempo. I like how it's more driving. It's all thumbs up over here. This is what I, <laughs> I've been waiting for. And you're just like, oh, I think I'm gonna just snooze on out on this one. He falls asleep. He, I'm like, this I'm is the best asleep. shit you've yeah. got on this album so far. So uh, at least in my my uh, in my perspective, because everything is very laid back and very much. I don't know who the tempo doctor is here, but I feel like a lot of the songs are kind of <laughs> like pretty close into the same tempo BPM. and just kind of the BPM and this is the first time that it actually for me really picks it up and that's what I'm I'm here for all right this beat is great um I love the bass line um I love the funky guitars uh I I will say I'm kind of between Josh and Logan that the the verses don't stick with me as as much as the beat does um, I love a vibra slap. I'm going to be down for uh, for that uh, at any time. Blake, I also noticed that they uh, not only is the ha ha, it, it's it's kind of ping pong panning, which I thought was a a really mm. neat um, you know kind of fun choice uh, to have. I'm going to be down for any kind of Jimmy single or J- Jimmy sample rather. Uh, I, I would love to hear <laughs> Jimmy. More- hat? Uh, Jim, what <laughs> you're Jimmy down hats. for any Jimmy hat? <laughs> Jimmy not single? down for any Jimmy hat. I'm Jimmy the, the Hendrix rain all day. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix. Hendrix lyric oh, that they yes. sample. The rain. It, it turns. It looks like there's also a uh, a biography uh, titled uh, "Go Ahead in the Rain." That uh, is a source I have used on the next couple episodes for sure, and this one I guess as well. Yes, "Go Ahead in the Rain" by Hanif Abdul Karib. Uh, one note I did have on the lyrics was uh, they, they've got it. 
make it hotter thanks Donata, which Donata is like saying you're welcome in Spanish. You mm-hmm. know, they, they've got the French, but they also have a lot of Spanish uh, on the on the record as well. So I, I thought that was a neat little kind of Easter egg or, or, or treat line to uh, to discover. So, yeah, I, I think this is a great one. Well, I guess I'm just a fool. I, I'm, I'm the fool that uh, depends on how you feel about this song. next song. I know. So let's get to what the, does Webster the say last about a track, fool? Description of a Fool. So what, what does it mean to me? That's you, because of the way you act. Standing on the corner, selling jumbos, scaring your friends and also your foes. What's the matter with you, boy? You big galoot, you nincompoop. What's wrong with you? You can't compete. Don't fix your lips to tell me you can't. Standing on the bully, playing push a man. What you got to do with yourself? All right. So, uh, for my money, this is possibly, I feel like the best, one of the best beats on the album. Um, I, I like how they play it out as an instrumental at the, at the end, which I actually think is due to the fact that this was a, originally a 12 inch single that was put out a full year before this album came out. Um, so hmm. I, I think that's why there's that extended instrumental break at the end. Uh, which is from a song called Running Away by Roy Ayers Ubiquity from 1977. What a group name, by the way. Roy Ayers Ubiquity. <laughs> um, <laughs> Put that then, on the uh, side of a record. A, <laughs> yeah, tip added uh, some Sly and the Family Stone uh, samples as well. Um, and, and as far as what the song's about, you know, it's, it's tip calling out various people who he sees as fools, a drug dealer selling crack, an abusive ex-boyfriend and a, as far as I can tell, a man with a short fuse who tries to get into a fight with someone and the person accidentally, like they accidentally bump into him and so he tries to fight him. Um, that's the least clear story of, of the three kind of examples of a fool, on this song, but, um, I, I like this one. I actually feel like it kind of ends in strong. Um, I, I know I was in the minority on go ahead in the rain. So, um, <laughs> I, I feel like for me, this is a, a good ending to the album and, and kind of bookends as far as the ethos of, of tribe goes, you know, the first tracks about this sort of approach of just taking things as, as they come. And then this one's sort of about people who don't take things as they come and sort of are, are more, um, quick to, to make a judgment and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's my thoughts. Uh, Logan. Yeah, Josh, I, I agree. I think we've got a solid head bobber here. I, I can definitely get behind this. I think the important message to take away, at least for me, was that men beating women should have no shield from being called out. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's refreshing to hear hip hop that doesn't cash in on toxic behavior like that. And I really respect and I'm glad that they do it in such a way that shows such class and wisdom. Unfortunately, the problem seems to prevail, but it's nice to have these um, a, a group like this speaking out against it. Abuse and violence is so tired. I'm so tired of hearing about it. All, but I also really enjoy the musicality of it, and I love the energy of the track. I think this is a great ending track. These last two tracks on the album really kind of uh brought me out of a little bit of a a slump on it um big thumbs up here for me this one might be the most danceable which i you know i guess kind of makes sense if it was out on, on a 12 inch single um I, I think it's uh it's a really good um album closer uh there's some really good lines uh we heard the uh you big galoot you nincompoop what's wrong with you you can't compute i i, I think that's 
just a great bar. Um, I also really like, I'm, I'm going to be down for any, uh, Twilight Zone reference. They've got, uh, like Rod Serling yeah. from the Twilight Zone, Earth mm-hmm. to yeah. Your Brain, Is Anyone Home? Uh, there's a lot of humor and, and, you know, it's another kind of, uh, it's serious subject matter, but it's kind of sly and witty in, in how they, uh, in how they approach it. Uh, so, so yeah, Mm -hmm. big thumbs up, uh, for, for me, uh, for this closing track. Yeah. I thought, I thought the sample on this one was really good. Uh, interesting that they are kind of saving some of their samples that go the hardest for the end of the record, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't, I didn't lose interest. Didn't, didn't get bored, uh, at, at the end, uh, like can happen with records. Sometimes the rhymes were tight and fast on this one. And I like that about it. And they're not always that way. They're often laid back, which is fine too. But, but, but I, I dig this. I wrote down something about a f- foo voice, but now I don't remember what that was. I was like, who is this voice? Foo? Does that mean there, there is a like, voice ooh. on it? That's kind of responding at one point to tip that's supposed to be the fool you know like so oh, maybe that's what okay. you meant because like when he's saying like that's yeah. you and and the themes like oh me that kind of thing yeah yeah maybe i, I love the having the straw man in your song <laughs> uh i i think i probably got the the the, the foo from uh genius.com or something yeah um but yeah i i, I love how it ends the record by letting the beat ride out for like three solid minutes. Yeah. Then you get some, they add in some claps that are really severe, really reverby and are cool. Uh, I, I, that's a cool way to end the record. Yeah. Do you, do you think the, uh, what's the matter with chip boy? Do you think that's a Rolling Stones reference? What song Rolling Stones song says that? Um, I think it's miss you. Is uh, it? I don't know. I'll miss you. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, uh, the thing about Tip we're going to learn is his record collection is extensive. <laughs> like, he listened to a lot of stuff, uh, not just, like, kind of soul, uh, as a lot of these samples are. Does so he, is, there a vi- he, is there a video of him in his collection? I think I might have seen that. There's a, So he, he oh. had a collection of 20,000 records that burned up in oh, the 90s. No. And no. then he, he re-bought all of them. And the video oh you can find on YouTube is him showing off his like new collection that he's oh, collected that was insane. since then. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll get into it more later, but like he's a big Pink Floyd fan. Um, oh, we, we got to get that shit insured, By the way, Lollapalooza, mid-90s, yeah. he toured with Smashing Pumpkins, or they toured with Smashing Pumpkins, among other acts, Whoa. which is kind wow. of interesting. Um, all right, let's stuff. get to our superlatives. All right, my banger is "Can I Kick It." My banger is is also "Can I Kick It." Yeah, <laughs> got daily double there. Not not having heard that beforehand, um, maybe I, I have a different perspective. My banger is "Rhythm" parentheses devoted to the art of moving butts. Mm. That's a good one. I was close for mine, but my banger is "Go Ahead in the Rain." <laughs> There we go. Don't sleep on it. My don't sleep on it, I don't think it should be any surprise, is Ham and Eggs. <laughs> it's the one most people don't know probably from this album, and it, it, I, I love it. I just It's fun. I'll second it. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm in, uh, in good company in saying that uh, Footprints is my do not sleep on this track. Mm. 
Uh, I, it's up there. I had two don't sleep on it, and one of them is description of a fool, and the other is rhythm. Nice. Good choices. So I feel Skip It's going to be the most controversial of all these because I feel like my yep. pick and possibly Logan's pick will be controversial. My pick, is, it was tough. It was kind of a three-way tie between a few, but I ultimately had to go with just Go don't. Ahead in the Rain. Nah, go Ahead in the Rain it, I had man. to go with. it was. Yeah. That's my Skip that's It. Logan, get, get your payback. on the album. Get your payback. <laughs> what's, your, what's your Skip It, Logan? Payback. Skip ben- Bonita Applebum. Fuck that shit. I'm out. <laughs> Matt? Too horny. Uh, I think that they probably would have had a lot better time if they would have just stayed in Queens and not taken the trip to El Segundo. <laughs> so I, I think we can we can safely... Uh, I, I will say, listen to it once, and then you can skip yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad opinion, by the way. Blake? I... I was also going to say I left my wallet in El Segundo. It's so weird to me that it was the first single. It's it's kind of it's like a nothing burger. I, I wonder if they were going for some kind of like novelty hit. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's Maybe. possible. If you look up a uh, rap critic on on YouTube, his channel, he he has some strong words about that one. <laughs> he does not like it. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Boys, oh, this I have been difficult. hotly anticipating this one. What for do we a do? While what do we do here? Because this is this is great. Uh, it's so outside our wheelhouse. Uh, you know, what do you cover off of this? I just put uh for a long time, and then I put much to Logan's chagrin. I put Benita Applebaum. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus! I, I disagree with that. What? I disagree with that strongly. That's, can you you imagine us doing that song in any capacity? Why? Why? I have to say I can't love to kiss you where some no, brothers. I, you know, no, here, here's what we You're cover. Trolling. Let me make it simple for you. Let's bring in Lou Reed. Let's cover Can I Kick It? Just that is the way. Uh, all right. Matt, what do you want to cover? I want to cover Pushed Along. Okay. Okay, Blake. Um, it, let's make this a, a a party rocker. Let's do ham and eggs. <laughs> we have to trade the lines off like perfectly. Like I mean, just pile every post COVID pile everyone we know in a big room and just just shout that hook. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that wraps up our superlatives. Let's move into, well, before we get to our rating, let me talk about this album's sort of critical acclaim. Um, this album is pretty universally critically acclaimed. Uh, Pitchfork gave it a perfect 10.0. Now that's retrospective, obviously. Um, they're writing that way later. The source though, the rap magazine, the source, when it came out, gave it a five out of five mics, which I think was the first album they'd ever given that rating to. NME puts it at 420th on its 500 greatest albums list, and it's on Robert Demery's 1001 Albums to Hear Before You Die. But it is not on the Rolling Stone list, nor Pitchfork's Best Album of the 90s list, which is kind of inexplicable given its 10.0 rating. Mm. Um, For me... I really don't think there's a bad song on this album as far as the beats go. I think they're all very super solid beats uh, that still hold up. The lyrics are a little more hit or miss depending um, on the song. Some are 
kind of dated um, and others just don't have much to say. But overall, when I looked at this whole thing, I, I took that I liked 11 out of the 14 tracks, which equals to an 80% or four out of five Jimmy hats. Four Jimmy hats. Four Jimmy hats. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I had. <laughs> nice. Logan? Four out of five. Um, I I enjoyed the album. I think the lyrics speak volumes to the messages that are being pushed here. It's overall positive, uplifting, and easily groovable. Q-Tip and company knocked it out of the park on their debut. It's not something I'd probably seek out on my own, but I would highly recommend listening. Lots of good things to dig into, even if it's not your preferred genre. Q-Tip has such a natural approach and smoothly conveys his messages with some truly great rhymes and lyrics. But that being said, I had a really hard time rating this album because overall there's nothing that I was just other than like Benita Applebum and maybe Mr. Muhammad. <laughs> there wasn't anything that I really disliked. Um, so I wanted to give it a fair shake. I think as far as probably hip hop albums that I've heard, which is not many, Honestly, I I would probably rate it high saying that it's like I liked 12 out of the 14. So I gave it about an 86% or 4.3 out of 5 beeping jeeps. Um, <laughs> 4.3. But at the same time, I, yeah, that might be wrong math. Whatever. No, I didn't. I'm just saying point three is. <laughs> well, no, four yeah. and a half, whatever, you know, four and a half. I gave it as a hip hop album, but at the same time as like a Logan album, I would probably, I originally rated this in the seventies. I was more of like a 10 out of 14. Um, but I came around to a couple of the songs and eased up on them a little bit. So I enjoyed it. It's something different that I don't normally listen to. So it was fun. Nice. Matt. I, I think I, I might share your, your difficulty in, in rating this. I think this is a very good record. I enjoyed listening to this record and, and it's only just now having had this discussion with everyone that, that I think that I've identified what, you know, what doesn't work for me for this. And the energy level is so consistent. There, there's not a lot of dynamic, uh, yeah. there, you know, it, everything's kind of all at the same level and, um, you know, all of the, all of the verse delivery, you know, he's, they've, they've got different cadences, but there's, there's not a lot of distinction or, um, it, it I feel like, you know, a week from now, if I, if I think back, I'm going to have trouble picking out wh you know, which song is what in a lot of cases. Yeah. More and more so with the songs that I liked more, which is kind of, uh, kind of a, a paradox. Um, with that said, I mean, this is a well-crafted record. I did enjoy listening to it. I've been sitting here all, all night mulling what I'm, what I would, uh, would rate it. And, and I think, you know, as a, as a debut record, um, I am going to rate this four ships with sails heading back to mm. France, carrying Lucy and back. To, oh man, you're shipping him I back. Didn't, I didn't really say any, <laughs> oh, no, uh, I didn't really say anything. Can I just real quick? Yeah. Yeah. I just said four Jimmy hats without kick explaining, it, kick but it, uh, or kick yeah, it, let me, let me kick it for just a sec. Um, yeah, I, it was, it was difficult to objectively or even subjectively, uh, give opinions. It's a bit out outside of my wheelhouse right now. I used to be way more into hip hop stuff, although I never 
uh, had heard Tribe Called Quest till uh, till just recently, but I'm I'm glad to get back into that sort of thing. And it's the the record. I got more comfortable with it as I went with each listen, vibed with it a little more each time, and it actually made me excited uh, to hear the second one, which everybody's always talking about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, so uh, next episode, the next time you hear from us, we will be discussing, uh, it'll be a pregame episode. We'll be talking about what we're currently listening to as well as our first loves. And then the uh, next album episode will be Tribe's sophomore album, The Low End Theory. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we told you things some people don't. (laughs) Hopefully we kissed you in places other brothers <laughs> not going not going that far once again thank you for listening liking downloading subscribing sharing reviewing following and supporting this has been another episode of more of that presents discographology you can find us on multiple platforms such as apple google stitcher and spotify to link up with our social media visit at more of that band on facebook at Discograph Pod on Twitter and at More of That Presents on Instagram. We also have a YouTube channel for More of That Presents Discographology. As a band, we write and record our own music that can be found on streaming platforms like YouTube Music, Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. For the most up to date, check out moreofthat.bandcamp.com. Our podcast is brought to you by the Ox Audio Network that features a variety of quality podcasts, such as Are You There Pod, a show about young adult novels hosted by Josh A. and Jessica, Shelf Life, a toy collector's podcast featuring Blake and Adam, and Lupine Transmissions for all things strange, dark, and unusual hosted by Tom G. Wolf. For special bonus content, visit and support our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash oxaudio patreon.com forward slash a-u-x-a-u-d-i-o thanks again and as always don't forget to listen to music <laughs>